This is 89.1 WEMU, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Creative Impact. Each week, we take a look at our local arts and creative industries. I'm David Fair, and with my content partner and co-host, Deb Pollack, we always have fascinating guests and fascinating conversations. Deb is president and CEO of Creative Washington, and looking forward to today, for sure. You know, the Ann Arbor Public Schools are widely recognized for their outstanding instrumental and vocal music. The arts and creative education for students manifests itself in lots of different ways. Most end up applying their lessons learned to um, non-performance-based careers. But I've often wondered whether Ann Arbor Public Schools ever published a list of those who have gone on to pursue creative careers, it'd probably be pretty impressive. Well, we're about to find out about one right now. His name is Dr. Eric Becker, and Dr. Becker, welcome to Creative Impact. Thanks for having me. Eric, you graduated from Ann Arbor Pioneer High School and were a band member there under the baton of director Vic Bordeaux. And then you went on to study music at the University of Michigan and marched in the band under the direction of George Cavender. Then shortly after you graduated, you were named as the director of the U of M marching band. In fact, the youngest director ever. You took the band to the Super Bowl. You performed at the 1984 World Series. All this was, what, before you were 30? Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was an exciting Um, time to grow up in Ann Arbor. And By the way, I'm a graduate of Lawton Elementary School and Slauson, what was then junior high school. Tutelage from those directors there, uh, Mr. Hart and Mr. Long along the way, in addition to Vic Bordeaux, so... You know, your interest in music, was it sparked by being handed an instrument or participating in a music course, or did it come earlier? I knew growing up that I wanted to be a trumpet player. So uh, when it got to be fifth grade and Mr. Hart was asking us what instruments we wanted to play, I chose the trumpet right away. And there's a similarity between being an elite athlete and an elite musician. And in both cases, less than 1% actually make it to the big leagues or a professional music career. Did you know when you were going to elementary and middle and high school that you would have the talent or skills? Well, uh, interestingly, when I was growing up, I used to listen to Bob Eufer in the first half on the radio (laughs) at home. And then as soon as the first half ended, I'd start running from the house, which was just west of Pioneer a little ways, and I would get there at the end of halftime because back in those days they used to uh, open the gates at halftime and you could just come in. So growing up, I came to every Michigan football game and sat in the end zone and watched the game and the second half of each game and listened to the band and imagined someday being in that band. I don't know if you had an opportunity. Obviously, this past weekend was dedicated to honoring those lost in 9-11. And certainly across the country, marching bands took time to pay homage to those lost. And perhaps no one did it better than your alma mater, the University of Michigan. Did you get a chance to bear witness to how they performed and how they connected with the emotion of the moment? I thought they did a terrific job. I got to watch a video of it uh, back yesterday. And I was jealous because back when I was the director, we didn't have night games. I think uh, (laughs) it happened after I left was the first one. So we couldn't turn off the lights and do those kinds of effects. So it was it was very exciting. And a big Michigan win as well. Indeed. You are listening to Creative Impact on 89.1 WEMU. And we continue our conversation with Ann Arbor native Dr. Eric Becker, a former University of Michigan marching band director and music educator, about the impact of arts and creative education. Yeah, I'd like to dip back into that for a second. Um, Eric, can you point to a few ways that music education benefited those high school and college bandmates 
and maybe some of your students who did not go into mu- music careers? Well, interestingly, we had over 300 uh, students each year in the marching band, and I think my last year, only nine of them were music majors. So the majority of the students were just talented students at the University of Michigan pursuing a variety of degrees. And the advantage I had was I had them often for four years, and we worked really hard at uh, making that student experience really positive for them. In fact, our three goals were, first of all, to support the team. Second goal was to entertain the audience. And the third goal was to create a positive experience with each other in the organization. So we spent a lot of time working on how we interacted how we worked together and how we treated each other. And I'm just so pleased in talking to many former students of how those lessons really carried on throughout their lives. It's probably the best compliment many of the students have given me. Music has been uh, part of the curriculum in K-12 through schools for as long as we can remember. However, the battles over academics versus arts has persisted, and in fact, it's getting more and more difficult to find funding for arts and music programs. How do you kind of work with that to create those enriching experiences? Well, in fact, it's funny you mention that because my first year there, our budget for the entire year, including travel, was $15,000. Now, granted, that was 1980 numbers, but $15,000 didn't go very far. In Certainly fact, didn't take you to the Rose Bowl. No, in fact, one of the first things I had to do when I started that July before the first fall in 1980, we had to clean the uniforms, and that cost us maybe seven, $8,000. So I was left with a little over $7,000 to get through the rest of the year. So we started fundraising. I didn't really understand what fundraising was at that point. I just would talk passionately about the band and uh, ask folks if they could support us, if they would, and then uh, was very... Uh, specific to um, thank them for those gifts. And we brought in a lot of money each year to buy instruments. One year we brought in funds to get new uniforms. We brought in funds to travel to away games and to help bring more and more of the students to the bowl games each year. So it became important. Part of my job was finding those funds to move things forward. And that's um, led to what you do now. You moved on from music and are now a successful fundraiser, advancement um, leader, and have your own firm, um, which helps nonprofits build donor relationships. So uh, this, this moved, you've moved on pretty well directly from what you were doing here at the band. Well, and it, it kind of is. Uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful that Bob Reynolds and Paul Boylan, the dean of the school of music at the time, uh, Bob Reynolds was the director of bands for many, many years. And Paul Boylan offered me the job back in 1980. And one day, uh, Dean Boylan called me into his office. And you're always a little bit apprehensive when, whenever the dean calls you into the office. But he sat right. me down. He said, someday you're going to be an administrator. And I, <laughs> I smiled because at that time I, I, I wasn't interested in administration. I was interested in teaching and working with the students. And I asked him why he thought that. He says, because you have the ability to get things from A to Z, and part of that ability involves finding resources and an implementation strategy to get to those points. Sure enough, after teaching for 20 years, um, I did go to higher ed administration, and then each of those positions as a vice president at several universities, the local nonprofits would ask for advice. And that was the genesis then of of, um, starting this company 
helping nonprofits back in 2016. And it's called Vivardi Strategic Funding, and our conversation with Dr. Eric Becker on Creative Impact continues here on WEMU. And with your company, of which you are founder and president, uh, you help nonprofits build donor relationships that help them meet their business objectives. What about your music background, your background here in Ann Arbor, sets your firm apart from all the other nonprofit fundraising consultants? Well, I hope it sets me apart in the sense that um, over the years going to a lot of terrific fundraising conferences and workshops and whatnot, I found that the information was extremely invaluable to uh, doing a better job as a nonprofit. The thing that I always thought was lacking, though, is much like as a conductor, how it all gets put together, how you pull all the different pieces in and how each element of a successful organization is able to play off one another to make the whole even stronger. So I made a decision when I started the company, I was going to work for causes that I believed in and people that I respect, but also to make sure that I wasn't helping them just get a building or raise money for a program. It was to make them sustainable so long after we're all minding the store, the nonprofit will live on in a sustainable fashion. Well, being compelled by uh, uh, things you believe in, um, bringing this program to the greater Ann Arbor area is an interest of yours, I understand. And you'll be bringing um, one of your workshops to the region in the fall? Well, it, it's, it mirrors what we did down here in um, St. Augustine. St. Augustine, as you know, is the oldest city in America. And I met with a group of 12 um, nonprofit organizations who were all struggling, especially during COVID times and whatnot. And... Um, did the workshop with them, taught them how to work successfully uh, well together. And as a result, we're just about to kick off a project for a, probably be around a $100 million facility that's going to have multiple performance spaces, but more importantly, the right revenue streams to make everybody sustainable. So um, and working with a colleague, Mark Burnham, up there in Michigan and Bob Shorto, uh, they wanted me to bring this up there because this is home. My folks still live in the Ann Arbor area, and um, uh, it's something I'd, I'd love to help the community with as well up there. Well, we will certainly look forward to uh, having you back home. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, and, and happy birthday to Mom. She just celebrated her 91st birthday yesterday. Well, happy birthday, oh, Mom. Marvelous. Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure to have you, a true Ann Arbor son, on the show. And thanks for sharing your story and offering your insight. And we'll have information about your workshop on the Creative Impact webpage. Thank you so much for having me. Go Blue. That is Dr. Eric Becker, and he is a former University of Michigan marching band director and music educator, and now the founder and president of Vivardi Strategic Funding. Deb Pollack is my co-host and president and CEO of Creative Washington. and we'll talk again next week. Absolutely, with another Creative Washington guest. I'm David Fair, and this is your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.